0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Hi, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, gentlemen, it's good to have you in the studio today. You know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, Islam and Christian perspective, and one of the facets of Islam is a belief in one God, but uh, they do not believe in Trinity, as I understand it. Today we want to talk about the doctrine of the Trinity. I did receive a a letter from a listener, and I won't divulge the information uh, in detail in the letter, but just in broad terms, um, the listener was concerned about our use of the word Trinity and that whole doctrine. So it's just a wonderful opportunity to uh, open our Bibles today and step back and look at a high level and maybe dive down as well into the doctrine of the Trinity. Where does it come from? Uh, is the phrase found in the Bible? Um, is the concept found in the Bible? Those types of things. Um, as we begin, John, you're, you're here. Uh, we're continuing with the Westminster Forum. Um, I did mention in the opening that... Uh, Last week we covered Islam and Christian Perspective, and just really brief, for our listeners' sake as we get into this discussion today, what is the Islam belief in terms of God, and um, is it correct that they don't believe in the Trinity? Oh, that, that
1: is correct. Uh, they have a, a doctrine of, of a God with no companions, Ta'weed is what it is called, and um, no associates, uh, which, in one sense, we can subscribe to, uh, but they consider the doctrine of the Trinity to be uh, a tendency toward polytheism, three gods. Therefore, we worship three gods. And, of course, Christians are, mm-hmm. uh, let me say from the outset, uh, they are avoiding Scylla and charybdis the old ancient whirlpool and the rocks. Uh, that you had to sail through uh, in in the Mediterranean. And um, uh, on the one hand, we are avoiding a kind of modalism that makes no differentiation in the divine because there is a differentiation of persons. And on the other hand, we are to avoid tritheism, which indeed would be heresy. So uh, they see Christians as... uh, as uh, abnormal and uh, even heretical hmm. because we subscribe uh, to the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Of course, one of, them, I think, the reasons uh, they have a problem with the doctrine of the Trinity, and, and, of course, that leads to the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't accept the deity of Jesus Christ uh, they
1: accept him as a prophet, correct? They accept him as a prophet. They believe he was born of a virgin. They believe that he mm-hmm. actually died on the cross, but he was not raised from the dead. Right. Um, and that, of course, he had made no atonement for sins. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and so it, it would be a strong contrast, say, for example, John 1, where we find in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we have a differentiation and... And, of course, it does make it hard when you look and you say, well, here's this Jesus, and he's God, and yet God is one.
0: You have difficulty. You know, I was thinking about that today, gentlemen, and that is just simply, it almost seems like um, um, we have to have something here to um, deal with what Scripture teaches, um, because Jesus is is proclaimed to be God in the Scripture, as Uh you pointed out. Certainly the Holy Spirit is, and certainly God the Father is. And yet there's other verses that tell us that God is one, and at the same time we know that the Bible is consistent, and so we're really forced into understanding from a high level that indeed God is one, but he has three persons, which we call the Trinity. You're almost, I don't see any way around that. It seems like it's, it's inevitable. Uh, to embrace something which we call the Trinity.
1: Early Christians were faced with divine revelation. They knew that God had revealed himself in the history of Israel and that he was the one God. The Shema, for instance, is mm-hmm. the one confession of faith, the primary confession of faith that you find uh, in the history of Israel. Uh, Shema means "hear, hear, O Lord, the Lord your God is one, now, they could never budge from that position. Yeah. There is mm. only one God by definition. God is one and supreme and sovereign over all. But then when they began to examine the life of Jesus, he forgave sins. Mm. Um, he, um, mm. he did things that uh, no mortal should be able to do or the privileges that he had. Uh, he talked about he and the Father being one. And so this was very troubling language, and Christians were forced to understand that Jesus, in some way, not only was divine but was one with the father mm. and of course, whatever whatever they attributed to Jesus, they understood to apply to the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. so therefore they had a revelation of Father first, then the Son in the Gospel, and then the Holy Spirit through the church yeah. and uh, and so forth. So, therefore, they had to find a word to describe that. There was not one in the Bible. Right. And they came up with a word, and it was first found, we believe, in Tertullian in the 2nd uh, century, early 3rd century. It's a trinity, triunity, three persons. Actually, the Greek word is hypostasis. Mm-hmm. Three hypostasis. It's not quite person. It's an interesting thing. Hmm. It's a difficult concept. Yeah. Three hypostases or substantiations in the divine.
0: And mm-hmm. yet there's only one divine. Now, um, someone mentioned to me uh, another word, I think even at the beginning of this broadcast, the word modalism. And we're not um, saying that the Bible teaches modalism. It does not. But who would help me with an explanation of what that term means?
2: Well, that was one of the the earliest uh, explanations that came about in the early church, with how you had these uh, these three persons, and it, it goes by various names. It goes by monarchianism, goes by modalism, goes by Sabellianism. You know, hmm. there's a, any number of different terms, and there's a number of different ways in which it's formed. But the basic idea is that God only exists in one mode at a time, and so He could exist as the Father, and, and some would say, for example. He existed as the Father in the Old Testament, and then he became reincarnate as Jesus, mm-hmm. the Son, in the New Testament, and then Jesus' ascension, the Holy Spirit comes, and that's the third form of God. At that point, there's, of course, a lot of difficulties with that. Uh, I mean, one of the examples that's used to explain that is is uh, is water. You know, water is. You've got ice. You've
1: got the liquid water. And you've got water vapor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the reasons that was rejected is because you could then explain God through material creation. Yeah, right. And God is not He's created, He is uncreated. <laughs> Therefore, if you can find some really apt way to explain the Trinity in created things, then you've reduced God in some sense to the yeah, creature. That's a good point. So they rejected that altogether. Yeah. Yeah. God in Himself is uncreated and eternal, and in some sense, a divine mystery.
2: And that's the point, and that's why the term Trinity had to be brought to bear, because here you have an infinite God, and we've got finite minds trying to explain it. And ultimately, we can come
1: close, but we can't quite get there. you know. And in explaining the Trinity, we're not saying that we are explaining it, this, this is indeed above our capacity exactly. to contain. What we're saying is that there are certain guidelines in our infinite mind, the way to approach God, that we can apprehend. And we can say sometimes what God is not. Right. And in that sense, it keeps us on the rails. And when people start speculating above that which is written, famous uh, phrase of Calvin in the Bible, Mm. Uh, Then we get into trouble Mm. But we have to accept the revelation the way it is God has revealed himself as Father And of
0: Son and of Holy Spirit Now I hear the music coming up And I know it's time for a break So gentlemen just hold that thought Today here on A Plain Answer We're talking about the Trinity The biblical doctrine of the Trinity And much more to follow Stay with us We'll be right back Welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today in the studio with me is the Rev. Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. And we're talking about uh, the whole discussion of the Trinity. And, uh, gentlemen, right back to you now. um, If we were to open our Bibles and start um, really digging down and looking at our Bibles, why would we come to the conclusion of the Trinity?
2: One of the things that you see, uh, for example, is you see the three persons of the Trinity simultaneously in in the same spot being spoken of. For mm-hmm. example, at Jesus' baptism, here you have Jesus being baptized, the Spirit descending like a dove, and the voice out of heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. And so you see that. And, of course, you also see it, it, for example, in the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, you may not quite see the... Holy Spirit, although you might see it in the, in the mist, but you certainly still have the voice mm-hmm. of God the Father and and Jesus the Son, and so you see it there. And of course, then the formula: "Go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them
0: in the name of the Father mm-hmm. and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." So, uh, before the break, uh, you had mentioned modalism and how that. Um, people that believe that heresy are, are believe in a teaching that, that says God is just one mode at a time. And so now you're pointing to the scriptural example of the baptism of Jesus, and it's and it's apparent there that all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are there at the same time. So that's exactly. your, yeah. There's
1: a word for that called consubstantial, yeah. mm-hmm. meaning with the same substance at the same time. Mm-hmm. They, they share, they are a deity, not in in a series, mm-hmm. but deity at the same time. Yes.
0: That's right. All right. Yeah. Okay, so those are good examples. How about uh, more?
1: Well, in 1 in Thessalonians, for instance, I've just started a series of sermons from 1 Thessalonians, and what I noticed is that there is a beginning that's quite clear uh, that the Apostle Paul would what we would call, anachronistically, of course, meaning that the word Trinity is not used at this time, it comes later, is a Trinitarian apostle, of course. He says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. So therefore, he is acknowledging, of course, that the Father is divine and that the Son is divine and that we know the Father through the Son. Uh, that's why he includes the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, I have theologized here just a bit mm-hmm. at the latter part that we know the Father through the Son. But it's clear that it's throughout the New Testament, this, this language that we later called
0: Trinitarian. Yes. I keep coming back to an idea here, and you just reminded me here, gentlemen, that um, the way to study the Bible and the way to interpret the Bible, we have to be careful we don't get our blinders on. And pick certain words and say, okay, I don't believe in Trinity because I don't find the word Trinity there. Um, It's better to say, do I find the concept? Does that Mm -hmm. naturally flow from the Scriptures, the idea, the notions, the concept of a triune God of the Scriptures?
2: That's exactly right. We go back and we look at the early church and we see them looking at the Scriptures and studying the Scriptures and then having some heretics come in in having to stand up to the heretics by using the scriptures, eventually they started using language such as the term Trinity to try to express the concepts that are there. Mm. Yeah. And very often then when they, they went and developed the confessions, as uh, Dr. Vance mentioned earlier – these concepts uh sometimes say more about what you can't say about god mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. than what you can say about god and we see that of course in the uh, nicene creeds and then uh, later the athanasian creed
1: mm-hmm. uh, the the gospel uh of john begins with what is called the famous prologue mm-hmm. of john and uh it is here i think maybe as clear An argument, an extended argument, as to who Jesus is. And it seems uh, obvious that he is the eternal Son of God. In the beginning, it says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. That passage of Scripture lets us know, since Jesus is the Word, that he was with God from the beginning. Now, that's human language. Let us say what it does not mean. It does not mean that Jesus had a beginning no more than the Father had a beginning.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But it means before our time, uh, the eternal Son was with the eternal Father. And here we find a clear distinction between the divinity of the Son and the divinity of the Father, and yet they are one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's important.
2: We have a distinction between Father and Son, and we have a relational thing going on there, too, which is very important. I've heard some say, well, God created uh, the world so he would have something to love. Uh, No, (laughs) God didn't need to create the world so he'd have something to love. That was
1: already in the Godhead. And mm-hmm. you already see that. Here's something that I think uh, you and I learned in seminary, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we use the, the the language of, of these are highfalutin words. I'd make an admission of that. We talk about two kinds of trinity the ontological trinity and the economic trinity. The ontological trinity is the way God is in himself. hmm father son and holy spirit but god chose to reveal himself in space and time and when he did so he reveals himself to be father son and holy spirit but in those relations in fact for a time the son is subordinate to the father in the economic trinity only not in the ontological trinity exactly and he is subordinate so that he might secure our salvation and stand in our place and be our redeemer. Mm We see that in in Philippians chapter 2 in what we call the kenosis passage,
2: where uh, the son, even though he was equal with God, and did not consider that a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, becoming flesh,
1: so that he might die on the cross.
3: Mm -hmm. It's through the
1: economic trinity that we, as human beings, are taken up into the life of God through his cross. Hmm.
0: Absolutely. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the person of Christ more? Um, He is uh, certainly God. John, you went over the Gospel of John, that uh, is one of numerous passages that prove beyond a shadow of doubt that Jesus is God. But can we talk a little bit more about him? Because um, there's a uniqueness in each of the members of the Trinity, and the uniqueness in the Son is that. He takes on human flesh. Help us understand this person of Jesus.
1: Well, what what is interesting, if you go on in the prologue of John's Gospel, it says in verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made mm-hmm. that has been made. That's why we say Jesus is uncreated. There is a sect out there, and uh, Christians, I think, rightly have determined mm-hmm. their teaching to be heretical, that Jesus is the first of the created creatures of God. Mm -hmm. Well, that is not the case. No, Uh, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, but that has to do with his inheritance, as in the Old Testament. Uh, He is the the son who inherits all things. This is the language of relationship, as Mark talked about. But on the other hand, through him, all things were created. And this Mm -hmm. is reiterated in Colossians chapter 1. In verses 15 through 17, a mighty passage, uh, I might say, indeed, Mm -hmm. that all things hold together
0: through him. Yeah,
2: that continuing aspect of creation, of of holding all
0: things together. Now, this Jesus, uh, he has two natures.
2: And that's what we see in in John, where it later says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that indicates that he became true man while still being true God. He did not cease to be God when right. he became man. Mm-hmm. So he is one person with two natures. We are all one person with one nature. We a have a fallen nature, a human nature, a, human yeah. nature, a, a fallen human nature. Yeah. He had two natures, not a fallen human nature. Uh, a non-fallen human nature. That's why he was born of a virgin and mm-hmm. uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, a divine nature. Mm-hmm. So that
1: he could become a perfect sacrifice for us. Absolutely, mm-hmm. His whole mission for the Incarnation is summed up in the, uh, the simple language of the New Testament. He came into the world to seek and to save the lost. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right.
0: This
1: is God's action.
0: Yeah. It really is. Yeah.
1: There, there are other places, of course... In the New Testament, where it talks about uh, Jesus' divinity, one of the most striking, of course, is that on the Mount of Transfiguration, Mark, I think uh, you had mentioned that uh, as a passage that uh, was important
0: to you.
2: Yeah, and you see his uh, divinity there, and, of course, the Father looking and saying, this is my beloved Son.
0: Now, God is a trinity, and we've uh, reviewed that. And so is it um, fair to say that um, these persons of the Godhead are not the same as each other? In other words, uh, the Father uh, is not the same person as the Son. The Son is not the same person as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the same person as the Father.
1: Yes, it's clear in the Mm -hmm. New Testament that, in fact, in the triune God, and that's what we are talking about, Mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit – uh, there are relationships. There is in God, if you will, an I and a thou. There is an mm-hmm. object and a subject. Hmm. This this is a, this is a powerful, if you will, uh, thought, and it is rich theologically. In God's self, there is self-communication and fulfillment. That's why you can never say that God created anything because mm-hmm. he was needy, or he yeah, created the world right. because he was lonely, or he, as my mother... Used to tell me when I was a kid, I asked her, "Why did God create us? Because He was lonely." She meant well. She meant well. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there is no need in no. God because He is totally fulfilled. Moreover, there is communication. That's neat and love and and yes. with this with this uh, view of God that is not Trinitarian, you have an awful difficult time trying to figure out
0: how can God be love. So we see in Scripture that uh, these three persons are very distinct, and yet they are all one God. They're not three gods, uh, and they're not three beings. They're one, one God. Well, yeah, one, uh-huh. one essence, mm-hmm. if you
2: will, uh, in three persons. In three mm-hmm. persons and that's what the council of nicaea uh, was getting at one essence three persons and then of course mm-hmm. as i said the athanasian creed if you want to really look at a, a a really good description i think the athanasian creed does a a very nice job you know not yeah. saying uh, three uncreateds but one uncreated mm-hmm. but the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father, and, and it the Holy Spirit.
1: Makes all it very clear. You know, I, I, I will say this. Uh, it is important that we understand that there's nothing like the Trinity. It is sui generis. That's a big word. Mm-hmm. It means unique. There is no way to illustrate that in any created thing. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we are left as Christians to accept God's revelation by faith and to take him on his terms, Uh not what we want him to be. God must, in his revelation, tell us who he is. And it seems to me it is up to faith to receive it and not to manipulate it or twist it or change
0: it. We take the scripture as it is. I'm just looking at the clock here, and I realize we're already out of time. Gentlemen, thank you so much. For uh, this discussion on the Trinity I think we may do it again Maybe in a couple of weeks from now uh, Today in the studio with me has been The Reverend Mark Diedrich And Dr. John Vance If you have a question or comment about today's episode Please feel free to email us Our address is ministry At RedeemerBroadcasting.org This entire discussion is up on our website Check it out At RedeemerBroadcasting.org I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.